again, and welcome to another episode of Super Turbo 64, the podcast in which a group of three friends get together and chat about video games. It's also the podcast which some people will loudly yell is the greatest podcast of all time when dealing with video games. Jeff, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? I think that it's a little too narrow of a scope. Like, I think we're just the best piece it's of media. It's the greatest pod- video game <laughs> podcast of all time. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Mm, that <laughs> random person from way over there, they seem <laughs> yeah, to like yeah. it. Yeah. And... That's one of the new experiments we did. We are, <laughs> we are now taping in front of a live studio yeah. audience. <laughs> you guys are really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. But no, in all seriousness, the first bat- batch of experimentation is we are recording in the living room. <laughs> yeah. Cue Seriously. dramatic music. We seriously have to get a soundboard. We should. That would be so much fun. I would abuse the privilege immediately. <laughs> Worth. Yeah. Maybe that that's a that'll be a, a goal for us for next time. <laughs> Get a soundboard going. Yeah, yeah. Um in the meantime, I'll just have to, you know, make noises. There. That's, yeah, that's that's mouth noises, my yeah. favorite. Correct. <laughs> right, exactly. Also known as words. <laughs> I am Jeff Ross, one of the hosts here on Super Turbo sixty four, joined with Jason and Tyler. I'm Tyler. Hi, I'm Jason. So, yeah, well, experimentation aside, it's time to get down to business. The least experimental. The thing we talk about yeah. every time. The, the foundation. Of every episode. Yeah, for real. What y'all been playing? Who would like to start this? I've, I have been pointed to. All right. Go for it, Jason. So, uh, my what you've been playing remains largely unchanged. From our last session. Isn't that a Quentin Tino movie? <laughs> That's an hilarious Jeff! <laughs> you're so funny! <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, last um, yeah, last last time we recorded, I was playing a little bit of <laughs> Trails to Azure and Super Mario Galaxy. And I still am, but still the, the game that has been taking up my uh attention span the most has been my nuzlocke run of pokemon oh yeah oh how many casualties seven seven but i have a full team of six at the moment that's good i um how's the balance it's getting there Mm -hmm. it's it's starting to round out i lost one of my i lost my only grass type um Mm. the the other night and that was that was a bummer but you know in typical nuzlocke fashion you know when you are you know like you know a big thing is you know sharing the run with people yeah you know? so that i have about it. i have written down my current team composition and their nicknames yes so For, before you do that i as a pokemon noob really yes what is grass type strong against water um ding 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 yeah yeah <laughs> that's ground and rock as well yep, right? ground and rock as okay. well yeah say no more yep so i mean water like if water is also weak to electricity so i am working towards getting an electric type and then but and rock and ground both have other weaknesses so the it's not the worst bit of typing to have out of my team but you know it's still it was still a bummer Mm -hmm. yep i've just and for whatever reason 
the the Pokemon's name just totally escaped me which one it was. So I've only written down the ones that are still alive. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so the Tontine. The ones that matter. Yeah. So my anchor for the team remains my uh, my Alolan Persian. And mm. I will let you know. So like, you know, the original game's Persian is just a cool looking cat. Mm-hmm. Alolan version is derpy as shit. Oh really? Nice. It's yeah. It it looks a lot like Persian, but it just has a very big round head. Mm. Huh. It's dopey. It is such a dopey mm. looking Pokemon. But yeah, so that's Pull my pull it up, Jonas. Yeah, it's Tank uh. Why did you just call it? <laughs> Tank is on the Tank. case. I'll go with Tank. I, I was parodying a much worse podcast or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, my my Alolan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Tyler's got a picture of it. Not yeah, as fat head. What have they done to my boy? My goodness. Meowth gets a really cool uh, new evolution um, in Sword and Shield, which was way better. But, you know, uh, that's something else. Yeah, so my my Persian, Cat Stevens. Nice. Uh, A Gyarados, which I just got, Mm. uh, that I named Gertrude. So, like, Mm. Gertrude with a Gyarados. Uh, Um, That's fun. Thank you. Then my Herdier, which I nicknamed Ladybird from King of the Hill. Ladybird. My recently caught Iggly Buff, so the baby Jigglypuff, which I just named Puff. Yeah. Yeah. Aw. Yep. Um, it doesn't sound very emotionally attached, Jason. <laughs> it was late. I just, yeah, I, there's definitely a point at that, like, if I'm playing the game later at night and I catch something, I'm like, I you put a lot what. of pressure on yourself to make the best names. Exactly. Like. Well, when you if you have the like thing to nickname all of them, it's yeah. like you want. And of course, if you get a couple ones that are really funny, mm-hmm. like I don't know if I'm going to do better than Ric Flair. That's tough. That's, That's lot, yeah. That's so I'm tough. setting myself up for some really tough ones. But. It's late is a really good explanation and reasoning for how you get people named like Jeff. And, oh! and, and Tyler just oh! I was late I just had it I don't know yeah. <laughs> dragged going on yeah so then, then there's my my dupider which is a bug water type that I named bubbles okay just yeah. also like puff just not you know yeah you, you, at least it's got a name it does yeah and then finally my mud bray which is a ground like donkey mm-hmm. that I just named Murph cute nice yeah. so yeah there they're doing okay, you know. Things yeah. are things are going well so far, and yeah, we're. How many crystals of power do you have? Three. Right on. Three, and I'm close to getting my fourth. So. That's the badge. That's of the this badges. Game. Okay. Correct. Yep. So that yeah, that, that game's equivalent of them. So, yeah, it's, it's coming along. Right I'm, I've here. been having a, a ton of fun with it. Hell yeah. How are the music in the in the games? Are they still? Is it still good? Yeah. Yeah. So um, catchy. Yeah, there's a lot of decently catchy themes right. in it. I don't think, like, I don't know. This is probably just nostalgia talking for me, but, like, excuse me. Finding themes in those games that are going to be, like, as catchy and memorable as the first two generations sure. is really yeah. hard. Yep. Hard to beat. Yeah. Yep. So Route I've, 1, Pallet Town. Yeah. I've not found many pieces of music in the Pokemon games sense those gens that really really stick out but it's nice you know like good listening background music okay. for the game you know you had sent along uh, one of those Jaden animations and yes we talked about this off uh, record off mic yeah. you know uh 
behind the scenes in the meat mm-hmm. space <laughs> IRL IRL and yeah no like just watching those Nuzlocke runs and hearing that you're enjoying mm-hmm. them I mean her animations of her Nuzlocke runs it just sound it seems like a lot of fun seems like really turns Pokemon into a challenging story game again instead of yeah like a, a grindy like collection of monsters exactly yeah i mean it's still it's a bit of both but it is still a bit of both but the thing that i've enjoyed the most about it is more so than the risk of losing you know a pokemon in a battle which is like that's that's a cool and interesting challenge Mm -hmm. but the thing that i enjoy the most about it is that that the rule that you can only catch the first pokemon in a new route right because it's like i mean there's pokemon like on my team you know they would uh, never pick otherwise yeah present and past that yeah like they would not they would not be on there like i mean mudbury yeah or like my alolan persian sure yeah i just i think in uh other situations i would not bother but like mm-hmm. it just is that's one thing that's going to make this run of that game like yeah. stick out to me Absolutely. so it, it gives you that that like that connection to what you're playing that mm-hmm. I haven't had while playing a Pokemon game in some time. Hell yeah. And the old folks home when you're 80. Yeah. Be, My uh, cat Steven <laughs> really pulled through. Yeah, exactly. Like, God, if if cat Stevens makes it through the run, I've just. I, ugh. You'll be blown away. I really will. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, no. I think Pokemon uh, needs that injection yeah if i haven't made that clear already i guess but Mm -hmm. and we'll see how it evolves maybe starts to (laughs) no pun intended jason was so excited (laughs) uh you should have seen the faces of the crowd as you did that too (laughs) like there's just a bunch of murmurs are oh wow that's quite (laughs) everyone's so disappointed now (laughs) um i you know maybe Maybe the Pokemon Company, maybe Nintendo, they're going to eventually make it into a newer experience that, like, the mainstream experience is going to change instead of just offshoots and whatnot. There's, uh, it's interesting you mentioned that. I had found an article not too long ago. There was this thing uh, within the last couple of years where, like, people were under the impression that Nintendo and the Pokemon Company actually equated doing a Nuzlocke run to being as bad as doing like a ROM hack of the game. What? Yeah. Like there was some bit of miscommunication because like someone was talking to like a person who worked with Nintendo and whatnot. And that it seemed that they had, you know, taken just a really hard stance against playing the game that way. (laughs) Since then, since then, you know, Nintendo had clarified. It's like, no, I mean, yeah, it's like you can play the game, you know, how you want. There's nothing wrong with, with doing that. But there was that, that brief moment where people, you know, kind of thought that it's like, what, you you don't even like that we, you know, try to play the game differently? Yeah, well, the the thought of those Pokemon dying, quote-unquote, it's <laughs> horrific. Pokemon are our friends, and we yeah. live with them in harmony in this land. And battle. And that's right. Yeah. They work beside us, play with us, mm-hmm. and battle. I bet a Magikarp would taste really good. I'd eat one. Yeah. yeah. No mm-hmm. hesitation. But I'd be worried if I'd like cutting into one and it just evolves right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. That was the last bit of 
battle it needed before. Exactly. Just, a little bit of experience. Your yep. knife was made with a water stone. <laughs> <laughs> mm, this, so your magic harp served up with some rare candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Local news. <laughs> Restaurant demolished by a rampaging Gyarados. Uh, um, right on. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'll, I'll go. Yeah, go for it. I've been playing, I, well, last night I just started Wild Frost, no, two nights ago now, Wild Frost, which is a another deck builder roguelite. Oh, is that the one I that you were that talking on about? on Switch. Yeah, nice. I was about to buy it. Was that the one that you were talking about with Sean the other day? Uh, I think, well, Andy was the one who had told me about it. And okay. I think I was, we were both trying to sell Sean on it because we know oh. he likes Slay the Spire and stuff. Mm-hmm. How much was it on sale for, Tyler? I don't know. Twelve bucks, maybe. I I would you know it's the animation itself is worth it already, no. But like it was you know it's it's a twenty buck game or something on its own and anyhow I it's it's pretty cool. It's hard as hell so far. I've mm. only played about an hour and a half or two hours, but uh, just getting wrecked by the first regions. Sure, you know made it to but uh you have like you know it's a card battler you the whole the story is that you're living in like a like a fantasy world where the sun it's permanent winter basically the sun is like a memory and there's just you know people come of age in this tribe to go on a journey to try and like bring the sun back and um you know every time you die you get a new leader and then so you your leader card has hp and companion cards have hp and if your leader goes to zero you die you lose the run you know okay so like you can you know sacrifice your companions to body block for you if you need or you can like you know, just for the greater good. Yeah, <laughs> you pick. I'm like, am I gonna be like a frontline leader? Am I gonna be like a healer or something? For, but um, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a it's a neat little neat little aesthetics and stuff where you have like elementals where, like the berry people and the mushroom people or something, and you're those are like heals and poison or something. Mm. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's a nice. Uh, Nice visual stuff. Uh, other than that, I got really Marvel Snap pilled again. <laughs> I kind of powered through towards the end of the season. I got, I ended up putting a lot more time in than I would have guessed I would. Sure. And um, yeah, I've been enjoying that still. It's uh, uh, now I was just telling Tyler as uh, you know, it seems that my my off-meta deck is a little more meta now with Nebula, you know? Yeah. Um, where I had been playing a deck purely of Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy character, mostly. Sure, sure. And then, like, a couple that would help them, because there's only so many or whatever. You need a deck of 12 cards. and But uh, you just, like, trying to guess. They get powered up if you play a c- that card at the same place they play so you have like a one in three unless you you know eventually strategically you're picking so i called it the gambling man deck you know (laughs) know, it's like uh, uh, making that gamble now with nebula they it gets more powerful if they don't play cards at that location 
So you okay. can kind of goad them into playing a card at a certain location and then just power up your other cards that That's way. That's cool. It's a neat little synergy, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, how have you been enjoying Snap lately, Tyler? I think it's been great. I think it, it's it's really, it's it's found a nice level. There's nothing super meta. I know people on mm-hmm. the subreddit complain all the time of Galactus mm-hmm. and Thanos being a big problem, but they're really not. You don't see them nearly, especially Galactus. You don't see them nearly as much as yeah. As... There was like a burst of those two, exactly. right when they made it possible to buy like the big bad cards. Exactly. Yeah, and then it's kind of leveled off where with counters to them now. Mm-hmm. Now that the Shuri, uh, Red Skull Taskmaster meta is has so, been nerfed into the ground well, not nerfed yeah. into the ground but it's been nerfed enough and onto the Where it's not so overpowered that you have to play it or something gotcha um, I'm, a, it helps. I'm a cosmo cosmo is a mm-hmm. cosmo cosmo and cerebro all the way hell yeah just deny whatever they're trying to do it's right fun on. it's definitely one of the benefits of a card game that is in a digital space you know, because uh, yeah. like, like it's rebalanced if, all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And you can find out if, you know, if something, you know, doesn't quite work. Yeah. You can make slight changes as opposed mm-hmm. to say, you know, your traditional card games that, you right. know, additions go out of phase. But if like, if for whatever reason, if something is broken, it's probably going to be broken until the next edition, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see what other digital card games take inspiration from this because Hearthstone has so many different cards. Yeah. And Snap is only working with, I don't even know exactly how many cards, but it's a very limited number. Yeah. And they don't release new cards all that often. Mm-hmm. They release new variants, but you know that's just reskins. Right, exactly. Um, but I like that more limited number that... It just it makes it I don't know it makes it more intuitive I think to mm-hmm. build a deck around yeah. certain anchor cards really exactly especially because you're also dealing with you know a much smaller deck size like you said you have a deck of twelve cards mm-hmm. whereas opposed to most you know your typical trading card games you've got a deck that's maybe about like forty five to 60, sixty cards yeah you know granted in most of those games usually about a third of that deck is used for whatever energy equivalent Land. you're using yeah. Right. But, you know, that's still 30, 40 card decks, you know. Hearthstone has been around for like six years plus now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I listened to a great interview with the guy who used to be the head of, or he maybe not the head, but he worked on Hearthstone mm-hmm. and then left the company to start Second Dinner to make Marvel Snap. Oh, damn. And he talked really? about yeah, his, his influence of how the non-energy... They, I don't know, they went to a, like a Gen Con, I think, a board game convention, and there was some little indie board game there that had, you get one more energy every subsequent turn, and that <laughs> changed the whole game, which, really, from now on out. Which, oh my god. It just... makes so much sense, because, I mean, that was definitely one of the things, I only played Hearthstone for a small bit of time, but that was one of the things that I always thought was super cool about it. I mean... Yeah, for I sure. Mean, back when we used to play Magic, I mean, you know, building decks and whatnot, you know, it was always a bummer having to, you know, dedicate a third of my deck to boring cards. That's And, yeah, that's exactly what his point was, is that so much has to be land. Right. And if you just only are drawing lands, you know, what else are you going to do? Yeah. He, 
I think he also worked on the WoW TCG. Okay. Uh, and with WoW, I think you can sacrifice your cards to become energy, mm. basically, which okay. is interesting, it's I guess, cool in mechanic. its own way. But uh, yeah, mm. the one energy every turn, that really, um, yeah. that's a game that changer. definitely really. defined Hearthstone in a sense. Exactly. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Um, and yeah, Snap uses that mechanic as well, of course. Both um, use it very well, I think. Mm-hmm. Come on, DC. You're, uh, you're, they have announced a, a card, like a digital card game. Oh, wonderful. Hear about okay. it. It's like, it's That's, yeah. just looking at some of the cards that they've shown, it already is more complicated than of Marvel course. Snap. Uh, and also, like, they're not sticking to just, like, purely characters or something. Like, I've seen Battering and, like, you know, oh. The Batcave and stuff. Oh, so, so it's it's like a more traditional trade collectible card, trading card kind of. Seems that way. Okay. But like, I mean, with Snap, you know, it's ninety nine percent characters in one jet or two. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like weird little, like a machine, Cerebro. You know. Sure. But yeah. uh, there's some like Kryptonites or something will be in. Gotcha. The DC one, but I mean, depending on how that's implemented, it could still work out really cool. But that's yeah. another one of the things that Hearth's not Hearthstone, blah, Marvel Snap really has going for it is every card, like you said, with some you know exception, mm-hmm. is a character, you know, so it's, it's recognizable. like yeah, yeah, it's recognizable. I mean, oftentimes you're able to put some of your favorite Marvel characters in a deck, branding mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, that's that is nice for people. That's right, that's right. Uh, I bet, I mean, Marvel has to have more characters than DC, right? Like, DC just seems to keep redoing the same Batman and Superman. That's (laughs) it. (laughs) Right. That is definitely, yeah. I mean, they've both been around for, I mean, DC's been around for a little longer. Yep. You know? Um, But, yeah. I mean, there's, I'm not sure it's not a huge difference, but they have more recognizable characters at the very least. Yeah. Yeah, the harder to say now since the MCU has gotten so big. That's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's still. Sorry, Marvel has more recognizable. That's mm. what I meant. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I'd definitely say that. Yeah, at this point, that's right. that's definitely like a true. Wider yeah. variety. Like once you get into like Green Arrow and Green Lantern or something, and like where do you like suddenly people are like, who, who the is hell that? is this yeah. guy? Yeah, <laughs> but especially because you know. I mean, most of DC's attempts to, you know, match Marvel's just saturation of stuff Mm -hmm. has not historically been working out. (laughs) So the people don't, they haven't had the opportunity to, like, familiarize some of their characters the way Marvel has had to. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, even a, a little over a decade ago, most people, even, like, you know, comic book fans, would not have known shit about the Guardians of the Galaxy. I yeah. had I didn't know who they were before the movie came out. Neither I still did haven't I. even seen it. Neither yeah. did I. Yeah. Um, and their video games, like DC. I don't know why it, it's the same as their movies though. Like mm-hmm. they, they're like Marvel has taking has taken the middle road. We have to be edgier than them. You know, either you go lighter or darker than the middle, I guess, right. or you just do the same thing but with different characters. Mm-hmm. And they went the darker road, and same with the video games. Where like, yeah, you have Marvel v Capcom versus like Injustice or something, you know? right? Or like, I guess the best comic book game 
series is definitely Arkham games, right? For sure. And Marvel has not hit that high point yet, but Spider-Man is pretty great. It's and true. Miles Morales. Yeah, that's the that's the closest they've got. Yeah, it's the closest. I think. Got. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But no, uh, what have you been playing, Tyler? Uh, excuse me. I may have mentioned it last time, but I've been really digging out and in more into Mutazione, which is tell us about it. It's a very chill game. You're a you're a girl who goes to an island uh, where her grandpa's living, and there's a lot of monsters there. Monsters in the sense of like I don't know. Jason, are you all in yet? They just I'm look, I'm ge- I'm getting there. They, they just look they just they look like different people, um, and it's you you talk to people. Every it's, it has a very uh, distinct kind of visual style to it. The music is great. Um, you plant plants and gardens. Hell around, yeah! <laughs> around the island, um, and I mean it has very. It's it's a very vibey game, um, and it's it really kind of tries to push its themes more than and it seems, really, you know, each character kind of has, they're they're I mean they're super well fleshed out and they all have a very distinct personality and they're all going through their own shit, but all it kind of seems like you know you're you're there to deal with you know something in your life so there's a lot of you know themes of loss and depression. That's my and shit right there. It's it's very good. Yeah, it's super super chill. I mean, it's there's no timed anything really, and yeah, the gardening tending mechanics are. I, I mean, wh- yeah, it's overblown for what it's really worth, or for what me- mechanical worth there is in the game. You just walk around talking to people. That's really all it is. Playing this on PS4. PS4. Yeah. Mutazione. Mutazione. Yep. Mutazio fascinating <laughs> <laughs> this requires further investigation yeah, sounds, I, yeah. I had you know, i finished i think last time i had finished coffee talk oh, so I was just yeah. moving on to the next mm-hmm. chill game mutazione was the next one i oh, think really? next up after that will be untitled goose game maybe mm. oh nice great game yeah it's a shorty yeah that's what i've heard nothing will top the relaxing game a short hike i don't think once i played that that nothing else can achieve cozy game level Mm. of that i just heard the term cozy game today oh like you know i feel like i'd you know heard before but i was watching a video at work you know about like the the Mm -hmm. cozy game thing and this guy was talking about like you know this is gonna be my new cozy game for going and like was talking about i'm like wow i like that it's and yeah they're they're great Mm mm-hmm I still need to play a short hike. It's you been on my definitely do. <laughs> it's been on my wish list for for some time. You know, it's fun. Yeah, it's very chill. You yeah. saw a little bit like a hair of me playing. Yeah, game. yeah. Feather. Um, you play a bird. Nice. Thank you for learning, children. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's been fun. Cozing out. Do you? I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see on your face. I do not like that. <laughs> but like, uh, what is um? Do you? Is it just me, or do you guys have like? All right, I've got games where if I feel like I'm, I, like you play them at the same time in the sense like 
these are my active brain games and these are my mm. passive brain games. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I started Final Fantasy VI as a passive brain game. Yeah. Anyway, and Marvel Snap has kind of become my passive game. Mm-hmm. Brain, passive brain game? I'm in passive brain mode right now. <laughs> um, Big mood. <laughs> I, I had, yeah, I had a very similar thought about this recently. You know, where... For a long time, you, the Trails series were my active brain game. Mm. You know, I'd just get, like, really, like, you know, deep into them. Yeah. But just, like, just as of now, you know, I'm treating them more as my passive brain mm-hmm. game. Like, they're my cozy game. Cozy game. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, they're they're long games, you know. The pacing is pretty slow. But, like, and there was a period of time where, depending on where I was in the story, that that would bug me. Mm-hmm. but now kind of treating them as just kind of like this, I don't know. It's like this little anime campfire that I can just like yeah. snuggle up to. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, sounds pretty cozy. It does. <laughs> it does. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it makes, it has already, it's taken an experience that I already really enjoy. And it's just kind of put it in a good place for me. So now I don't feel like that, that sometimes pressure to get the game finished. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. That's 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 got to really factor into you actually finishing the game or not though if you don't mm. put pressure on yourself. Right. I felt I felt kind of similar with uh Dragon Quest 11. Yeah. Is it's just it's you you shift your brain into it's a passive game. Yeah. And you can just soak in all the atmosphere. Yeah. I mean since it's Akira Toriyama, right? Yeah. And just the character design and the world design is just cheerful it's to be so in. So good. Yeah. Now see, yeah, I like, I did not fully finish Dragon Quest Eleven. I got really, really close. I'm only about a few hours, three, four hours in. Okay, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, there was a period of time where I was, like, making it too active brain game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it got, like, something else came out and, like, I just couldn't divert, like, put sure, the attention yeah. to it. But I feel like I have been thinking about it recently and wanted to kind of, like dip back into it and especially as like a passive mm-hmm. you know just because like you said there's atmosphere there's stuff to just kind of kick back and enjoy with man it's not quite a podcast game you know where you can put a podcast on in the background yeah yeah but it, it is there's levels podcast game and then cozy game yeah is cozy game halfway between that and whatever we haven't coined a term for the the farther side mm. of the the active brain games for yeah but it, it what's the opposite of cozy is uncomfortable i have right. a folder on my ps4 called uncomfortable games so it's crash bandicoot collection <laughs> <laughs> uh, sifu and um i can't think of what it's called right now but it's the one where you're in a cabin it's a deck roguelike card game inscription yep man that is, I, th- I, you really, you were, you were ready with it because I was thinking <laughs> uncomfortable is the opposite of cozy. Yeah, but you have already thought of that long ago <laughs> yes, and sure incorporated that into your your organization system. I would definitely, for me, like uncomfortable games, like as much as I've enjoyed it, I would put Elden Ring in there. Yeah, you know, Elden Ring or just Souls games in general, because even if there's a lot of like cool stuff to explore at your leisure, everything is out to like 
really, really murder you. It it, it goes mm-hmm. ham at all times. It does it's a get... level beyond active game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It is so is it it is an uncomfortable game for me. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That makes sense. Jeff. Active game just feels too undescriptive. It also seems like a term that a company would like <laughs> EA was like vision Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or EA, you know, uh, just very it feels corporate. In yeah. our newest active video game. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I, I just maybe there should be a better term, but I'm saying uncomfortable game is a level beyond an active game. Yeah. So where it's you are now What's your uncomfortable game, Jeff? Like I would guess like the is that maximal brain power mm-hmm. or just actually makes me uncomfortable to play? Either or, I guess. I mean, I I think fighting games would okay. be at the far end, sure. you know. Like, yeah, it's hard to play those casually. Yeah, sometimes if I'll put them, uh, I'll be in the practice room and then it becomes a passive brain mm. game, but yeah, the flow state. That's yeah. why. Yeah. But, yeah. Cause you can do that. Yeah. Depending on what you're going for in the game mm-hmm. at the time. Um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of fighting games lately too, but, uh, prepping for always, street fighter six. Yeah. I'm street fighter pilled, man. It's too much. I'm Hell overdosing, yeah. but, um, you love to <laughs> I'm hear OD, it. man. Uh, no, but, Active games, uncomfy games. I I don't know. Uh, like, honestly, Wild Frost was like, I really have to stop and think. Like, oh man, like I am losing and it is not going well. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's uh, so that's sort of uncomfy. It's not. It's feels more like a puzzle game sometimes. You sure. Know? I mean, do you think one can slowly kind of oh, become yeah. the other? Yeah. Especially as you, at, once you yeah start to learn learn the systems and mm-hmm. it could eventually become your podcast game in time. It absolutely could. Now, I feel like for you, Outer Wilds is a cozy game. Hundred percent. It is not for me. <laughs> it is an uncomfy game still, as I, I I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but yeah. you know I'm always it always feels like I'm running out of time for some reason. You embrace, embrace the death. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, but no pressure. It gets to be. It takes a while. <laughs> it keeps happening. Anyway, uh, why don't we take a little break and we'll mm-hmm. come back with our part two of the episode and get into our patented game topic of the day. Yeah, the meat. Yeah, be right back. TM. TM. We're here with our certified game topic section of our episode. TM. <laughs> What's it called when you have like a Pokemon move that you can teach another Pokemon? TM. Thank you. <laughs> what What are your initials, by the way? TM. <laughs> all right. It's all making sense. It's all good. <laughs> All the pieces are coming together. Uh, I still don't understand. I'm going to have to write it on the wall about a thousand times. Good thinking. That's... Maybe circle it in books. Yep. Mm. Yep, that's what all this, the completely sensible people do. <laughs> you think Jim Carrey was had a hand in the 
the script for that, and that's in number twenty-three. Yeah. I don't oh, know. um, not back then. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But maybe he did. Maybe he was like, "This is emblematic of the the conspiracies underneath our eyes." I I remember seeing that movie in theaters and just being fascinated by it. You know, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. Yeah, like looking back, I'm sure it was a very okay movie. But like, I don't know. It's it's also one of the movies of his that I'm curious about the most. I'd give it like a three point two out of five. Sure, sure. Three point two out of five. Okay, that's so, good. That makes sense. Two plus three is five. Three point two. Oh my god. Incredible. The most math town movie in the world. <laughs> I, I, I should just probably not watch it just out yeah. of like <laughs> stay away, man. Yeah. Um yeah. All right. Well, today's topic, Tim, is we're talking about modifications. Not of your fancy sports car or your <laughs> fancy bodies. No, we're talking about video game modifications or mods if for those in the know. Yeah. So, how do we how do we get this started? How do so, we... I can yeah, I will allow me. Yes. So, I can't remember if I dug into this a little bit in the last episode or if this was just stuff that we had talked about um off mic, but you know, once I was kind of starting, like right around when I started, you know, doing this, the Nuzlocke run of Moon, I started watching um, just some videos about it on YouTube. What started as basically just like trying to say like, you know, what's the good rule set to start, yeah. you know, and just kind of getting the framework. And then just that, that YouTube rabbit hole was showing me, you know, a bunch of things, you know, other, other fan designed stuff that was going on within the Pokemon series. Yeah. Which then eventually came down to what, like me learning about these like fan made Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. And I just became super, super fascinated by them. Yeah. And they're there. It's stuff that I, you know, want to further look into after I finish my time with Pokemon moon. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. So I don't know. It got me, I got very, very interested in the ideas of, you know, players, you know, taking like a completed game or some completed process and then just running with it and doing something further. And basically just the general idea of at what point is the game, what point does the game belong to the community, you know? Yeah. Immediately upon release is the answer to that. Long live the socialist gamers. I think <laughs> it could have been a podcast episode title from earlier, I think, <laughs> when we were talking about emulation. But uh, uh, no, like, yeah, no. Uh, well, what are some of the mods that, I get if we want to talk about Pokemon mods for a second here. Yeah. What are some of the ones that you really are excited to try? So there's, I'll, I'll. I'll go back a tiny bit because I have tried one before. Yeah. There was a Pokemon fan game that I tried um back in the day called Pokemon Uranium. It's one of the most oh. it's one of the most famous Pokemon fan games that was made and 
the fact that it got famous like probably is one of the biggest disservices that the game got because as it was being made um one i don't remember which company it was but one of the major video game publications you know did an article about it and the article it was all you know uh you know well like with good intention just saying hey check this out this is this really cool fan project you know like dedicated people trying to make this game but it had the adverse effect of it putting it right on Nintendo's radar. Mm-hmm. And so, like, right as the game was basically coming out, you know, uh, the developers got a cease and desist order. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, and so pretty much right upon release, uh, the developer of that fan game, you know, basically had to, you know, cut his ties with it. Just, you know, not, not continue to do anything with it. I mean since then you know the game has it's been out you know it's it's out it's available people can get it if they know where you know yeah and there are still people who you know like outside people who have continued to work on the game like patch Mm -hmm. it add more stuff like kind of criminals if you will (laughs) well i mean in nintendo's eyes i mean kind of yeah and these cool criminal guys is there a way i can join them (laughs) (laughs) no i with uranium, I remember taking a peek at that. I think you yeah. showed me some of it. Earlier. Yeah, and if that's like a full-on fan game, right? it is. That's beyond a mod. It's exactly yeah. I mean, it's like it it went above and beyond what most fan games did. You know, it created a a bunch of like completely original Pokemon, added a new typing, oh. had a completely original story that you know was beyond just your normal get all the badges to be the best there ever mm-hmm. was like there was a lot going on in it and if i were to put on my fat cat hat if i were to adjust my monocle and mustache i would say that perhaps because it's completely new content with my product's <laughs> name on it i could see how it could compete with my upcoming pokemon game which i mean that is definitely that's i can understand from that standpoint mm-hmm. you know um but like you know all of these fan games you know pretty much you know they're always listed like hey this is completely a work of you know just this isn't ours exactly yeah it's free usually too yeah always you know it's it's free you know and it's just said like this is something that we made just because we love these games i mean the funny like the the thing about it is you know the people who are making these games they're the ones who are buying every single Pokemon game upon release. Yeah, exactly. they're not. They're not making these to basically take business away, you know, right. from Nintendo or the Pokemon company. But I do, I do one hundred percent understand. Like, if you've got your company and like your characters, especially if you have a vision for where this stuff wants to go, mm-hmm. I can get how you might not like the idea of someone taking your work, your ideas. And doing something different with it. Sure, yeah. Especially if sometimes the quality isn't great. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's... Mm-hmm. I I do under, I do fully understand both sides of it. Yeah, and it becomes a gray scale of morality. Yeah. If... Where some of us might see it all as, okay, looking at you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I do too, honestly. But, like, it's more about, like adding an asset of your own design onto an existing game or are yeah. you taking all the assets in the game and creating something brand new, you know? Like, if I modded 
Goku into Smash Bros. Melee. I've seen that. They'll put Goku over Captain Falcon's body, for example. Right. You know? That's like... That cannot compete with Melee. <laughs> That's not... I mean, I guess maybe, like, fun... Like, Toji or something studios is could be like, you can't use Goku like that. You know? Right. Or you can't, you know, don't fuck with our programming. And, or a lot of the time, it's for, like, Nintendo, it'll be like, you can't redistribute our ROMs or ISOs. Or right. Whatever. Things but, like that kind of make sense. But it's just so, in so many other industries, the closest thing to modding is, you know, things like fanfic or, right. or you know, short films that, you know, that you see on YouTube or yeah. animations that borrow the characters and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, and nothing's wrong with that. No one has any problem really with those exactly people are fine with those being a thing so right um, i d- i remember there being a few years ago there was this really popular fan-made like short um power rangers mm-hmm. movie made but basically it was just like a trailer mm-hmm. you know and this was not necessarily right around when like that live action reboot movie came out but it was around enough the same time but like i do not remember anything about them like getting a bunch of cease and desist orders for just kind of making this fun passion project about stuff Mm -hmm. that they you know cared about Mm -hmm. i mean you don't like you don't make something like that unless you're super committed and passionate about the series and i again i hate that i've somehow put on the devil horns and (laughs) but it's not about whether the creators of these mods are passionate so to speak which i don't think anyone could deny right it's more about creating a product that will take the attention away from other games yeah that which right and exactly that's i definitely can like i said i understand like the company's uh right. standpoint from it they're worried about the people playing the games not the creators exactly yeah but um, Brit, yeah. To uh, to answer your question, the two mods that I'm the most interested in trying, there's one called Radical Red, which mm-hmm. is a remake of like Pokemon, um, like Fire Red and Leaf Green, that has added a bunch of stuff, a bunch of like quality of life features, added Pokemon from almost all of the gens mm-hmm. up to you know this most recent. Mm-hmm. generation of scarlet and violet they're not in at the time of this recording but mm-hmm. there's talk about it being there and there's another one called renegade platinum mm-hmm. which is similar adds a lot of like quality of life changes extra pokemon extra features to you know what pokemon platinum was so like most of this stuff yeah it's like you know it's taking you know a game that is that has existed for a while you know and adding additional things to it Mm -hmm. you know but it's also stuff like you know these are games that you know abandoned isn't the right word but (laughs) they're not you're not seeing them being done and like you know i think we talked about this briefly when we had kind of talked about like you know emulation and just game Mm -hmm. preservation in general but like you know as of right now like at the time of this recording you know the only way you could only ways you could play like say Pokemon Fire Red or 
um, platinum is if you have the system and the game, you know? Yeah. Like there's no digital way to keep to still, you know, have it legally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, Nintendo does have some stuff like they've just created, you know, a game boy advance um, their own emulator, you know, essentially through on the switch through the Nintendo switch online service. Oh. And, um, but it like, you know, none of the Pokemon stuff is on it, you know, mm-hmm. yet. So like, the possibility is there, but it's just, it's just not happened yet. Did you know, by the way, listener and fellow listeners in this room, mm-hmm. um, that if you, it, it's complete, it's been ruled before that emulation is legal and that owning or having, downloading your ROM and or ISO is also legal. It's the, it's the redistribution the of sharing it of it that yeah. Gets, yeah that is illegal that makes sense but, right uh, so technically you can have an emulator of a gamecube and a melee disc and take the data off the disc and emulate it and there's no part of that is illegal yeah. right yeah i've been doing a ton of research recently into buying like a handheld emulator oh yeah you know and i found i think i found the one that i'm gonna buy Oh, really? It's called the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus. Mm, that's, I, I know what you're talking about, actually, I think. Yeah, and, um, you know, it can play stuff up to about PS2 and GameCube oh, wow. era. You know, not all of them perfect, but, you know, <laughs> mo- a lot of them playable. Yeah. You know, and so for me being able to go back and play, like, most of my old Nintendo handhelds, other stuff, like, you know, games that I didn't really ever have access to, mm-hmm. that's really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Now, what are what is your guys' history with mods in general? Very, very minimal. <laughs> How about you, Tyler? Pretty minimal, too, because I, I never really played on PC all that much. Yeah, that's I, the thing. The closest, really, that it came to was the one of the first games I had on PC was StarCraft. Mm-hmm. And StarCraft came with map modding tools. Right. So I would... And, Surely the map mods were intended to create StarCraft maps where you can play StarCraft with your fellow friends. But that is not how a lot of people use the map editors or how I use them. I I, I never read, I didn't read Dune until just recently and I haven't even finished it. But I remember my friend showing me, uh, Danny Eck, shout out Danny Eck. <laughs> Um, showing me a Minecraft mod map that was supposed to be recreating Dune, the story of Dune. So you would have one character, I don't know. The StarCraft mod a or Star- a Minecraft mod? StarCraft, okay. excuse me. Um, where I don't know if you're familiar, but you'd be a ghost, uh, just a normal unit, but they would buff your stats and you'd have money and you could buy stat upgrades. Mm. And not how... Starcraft is meant to be operated at all. And I would do something very similar when I made the map. You know, you'd be tinkering with a very primitive code almost. Mm. It wasn't a coding language, but it was an it was, you know, it was, it was approaching that, I guess. Sure, sure. Um to try to recreate, you know, try to make RPGs, quote unquote, or my thing what I tried to do was make things Mario-esque. I mean, I was really young at this time. Sure. 
But um, you it know, sounds like you're making an excuse. It's okay <laughs> to make Mario like things. Um, but I mean, just super simple things where it's you know, oh, you mm-hmm. go in this thing that I have labeled, uh, you know, a pipe, and you come mm, out the other end. Kind sure. Of super simple things to make, but it was it was you know super fun. And I never I didn't really have internet access, so I couldn't download other people's um, other people's mod maps. If I wanted to, I'd have to put it on a floppy disk. From the computer room computer <laughs> that had internet access, excuse me, and move it to my computer. Sure. Um, but that. uh, that's really it, honestly. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I remember when Skyrim came out, I really wanted to get it on PC. Sure. Because I had heard so much about Oblivion and the, the modding community in Oblivion. Uh, and that never happened, unfortunately. Right. And that's, that's, yeah, like, I wrote in my notes, I mentioned like just you know bethesda because like you know whereas we talked about nintendo briefly and they're really kind of anti anti yeah they're antagonistic stance against you know people you know making mods or doing anything with their games but whereas you have like a company like bethesda they're super into it so much so that the special edition or whatever the hell it's called Mm-hmm. is more or less taking mods that people have made yeah. and putting it into their official game. Exactly. And then they charge for that. And then they charge <laughs> yeah. for it. But I mean that regardless of the ethics of that, the 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 I don't know what the exact word is, but the the spirit, right? I mean they yeah. clearly are are all about modding and yeah. have so been a fan of it since the get-go. With the community instead of Exactly. The exactly. Yeah. And even I, going f- farther back than that, I mean, id or I, maybe they weren't id at the time, but Doom, Doom One came with modding tools to create Doom maps, right? Um, and that was a huge. I mean, that you know, yeah. It used to be. I remember tr- as a kid trying to f- research how I could get into the video game creator community, Hell yeah. mm-hmm. or as a profession. And back then, they would suggest you know to have some experience in modding under your belt or create a whole other game or a whole, you know, expansion basically from modding. You can't do that as much now. You have to have, you know, more professional credits. Right. But like a college education. Exactly. Yeah. But that's stuck in my head ever since is that people would, you know, make mod doom so much or make maps so well that the actual, you know, the developers would see that and be like, you're hired. It's a really cool, like, just kind of like a DIY, just... It's very punk. It is very punk. And isn't that, like, was it Unreal Tournament or Quake, like, kind yeah. of spawned yeah. from... Unreal mods? Engine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very similar with, like, you know, I mean, like, Counter-Strike, you know? I mean, like, it's played, mm. you know, like, the way it's played today, and it's just, like, it's all, like, that game has been kept alive through the modding community and and is like taken to like such a professional and competitive level but it's all based off of you know people like modding this old game yeah what is that is the half-life engine what's that called why can't i think of it right now i don't know but i mean that's been you know left for dead you got that basically out of that i mean obviously Mm -hmm. gary's mod is insanely popular right somehow um it's yeah it's it's amazing if you actually support your community <laughs> what they will do and the kinds of things i mean some of the m- the most popular games of all time now 
are because of like MOBAs exist because people modded in That's MOBAs right. into World or into Warcraft Three. Same with battle royales. Yep. Yeah, you know, they somebody modded one of the Daisy. Which then became, or like Daisy was a mod it was of Arma, Arma. too. That's right. And then, so then it became like a survival game. And then, you know, from there it became a battle royale mode where you'd be the last one standing. And then yeah. PUBG was taken from that mod. And mm-hmm. then Fortnite was taken from PUBG, you know. Right. That sort of thing. And so, yeah. It's just a cool way to see new things happen, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. But... I was just thinking, like, what was my first mod experience? And in fact, Jason, you were you experienced it a little bit as well. Do you remember Call of? Or it was Battlefield Desert Combat. That was a completely fan made mod. Like it was not like a real expansion to Battlefield, and it was all like skins of modern weaponry and like a desert map. Mm-hmm put over like battlefield 1942 and battlefield vietnam wild i had no idea <laughs> yeah um so that was kind of interesting desert combat back in the day damn know. yeah i had no idea that's incredible but uh huh. no like yeah i i mean even we were talking about bethesda you mm-hmm. know they would advertise like oh we're gonna bring mods to consoles soon and it, it ended up, you know, dragging out, dragging out, and they did that with Skyrim as well. Exactly, and stuff. yeah. Like future editions of Skyrim had, you know, mods that you could put into it and whatnot. For me, recently, Smash modding has been what I've been. I'm glad more, you mentioned that. Like interested in, because Project M is, and then Project Plus, building off of Project M. That's a mod of. Smash Bros. Brawl for the Wii Mm -hmm. that ended up being effectively its own game, like more content than the original game had, minus the first, the one-player mode, or whatever, Subspace Emissary, the story mode. But they added, like, more maps, and they readjusted the balance and changed moves, and certain characters that were once one character became their own characters and Mm -hmm. stuff. You know, you got your... Pokemon, like Squirtle and Ivysaur and yep. Zero Suit, mm, were okay. all their own people, and then, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, like, that ended up being the definitive version of Smash Bros. Brawl. If you ask right. anybody who's interested in, in like competitive that. Smash, or like exactly, yeah, super into Smash, you just... Uh, they <laughs> Brawl had anti-competitive mechanics in there. Including, like, uh, they made it difficult as hell to combo at all. Where you would simply be sent too far for a follow-up move. Mm-hmm. The character balance was totally topsy-turvy. Where there was broken characters like Meta Knight at the very top. Where, no, you know, just like one frame up air yeah, with five jumps. How do you live that? I don't know. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and it was... And they also had... You know, those mechanics, like, where you had that chance to, like, randomly exactly. trip and the fall. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, and that's another thing. I, I don't, I don't, it wasn't my intention, you know, to use this episode as an opportunity for me to beat up on Nintendo. Go ahead. <laughs> but. They deserve it. But, like, you know, you know, they take, they, you know, take Melee, you know, which 
Melee is not my favorite in the Smash Bros. series, but it is incredibly good. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, still considered probably by a lot of people in the community to be the most competitively interesting one because it has the highest skill ceiling. Mm. But Nintendo, like, has had a very adversarial relationship with people playing Smash Bros. as a competitive fighting game. Yeah, they there was a time where, I mean... Well, speaking of Project M and Plus, they Nintendo ended up uh, like making it so that you can't post tournament footage of those games mm-hmm. on YouTube without getting like a you know cease and desist and shit. Right. Um, In the past, they've been pretty against you posting like let's play or just like stuff regarding their their games. That's right. Anyway. It's not even that long ago that they started allowing you to stream Nintendo games. Yikes. Yeah. Um, but sorry. I I mean, yeah. Even but with like competitive scenes, yeah, they Mm -hmm. were they were not into that. And then they like dipped their toes in, and then the scandals happened. And right. But like the thing with melee. Like, it had time to build into this super competitive scene because Brawl and Smash 4, were neither of those are competitive-minded, in a yeah. sense, like, from Nintendo's point of view. Right. And so they end up just working on the same game over and over. And there were Smash 4 tournaments, and there were Brawl tournaments, and then, of course, the Project M and Plus. Yeah. But speaking of the Melee mods, though, like, I ended up getting the 20XX tournament mod for mm-hmm. melee 2 which will turn off like the stage transitions in pokemon stadium you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing or they'll make it so that you can instant rematch and whatnot or they'll uh just disable non-competitive you can of course you can mess with it in the settings sure, but you can like sure. disable the non-competitive stages you know and stuff like that so you don't accidentally start on you know poke floats or something yeah <laughs> Thank God. But, and of course, it also unlocks everything, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but um, and that sort of thing. I don't know. So those are fun, you know, the yeah. mods and stuff. And uh, I getting into PC gaming a little more, and I was looking at, like, Isaac mods, and there's been, mm-hmm. like, an entire, uh, that whole anti-birth yeah that whole expansion yeah right? it was a fan-made expansion and then that got wrapped into repentance which is the final version of the game yeah where you know nicholas and edmund ended up nicholas is the name of the company it's not yeah. a guy but uh they ended up hiring the director the directors creators of anti-birth mm-hmm. in making like how do we incorporate this into the best final version fully compatible with everything you know sure because anti-birth came out about the same time as an actual like a canon expansion afterbirth plus right so it ended up like that they weren't you couldn't play both at the same time sure so the final version now has everything you know right and that's like that's a really good example of the fact that yeah like you know here they actually they brought business you know to yeah. the game and the developers saw fit to you know want to get them involved in doing it and that i don't know that's that's really cool there was a similar thing you know um i'm not sure which version added this but rivals of aether 
had mm. basically like a character workshop feature. Okay, yeah. You know, and by the time, you know, near the end of its, you know, life cycle, they added three or four characters that oh, were made yeah. in the workshop. So fan-made characters made it into the final version of the game. It's pretty sick. Which is, I mean, I mean, if anybody who if, who made these characters, think how cool yeah. of an experience that has to be for them. For real. Like, that's that's just insanely cool. If you guys maybe this is a dumb question, but that's what I'm here for. <laughs> if you guys could make your own mod of a game, it's kind of it's hard to answer. It's too many choices. A mod for a game? Yeah, what would you do? What would you add? What would you want? I really I really should uh, dip my toe more into the Skyrim modding community. Because yeah. I feel like a lot mm. of what I might want in a game is sitting in the depths of mod oh, nexus or whatever. Oh, I see. You th- it's out there That's already? Right. It's Possibly. I, we were talking about before uh, in Meat Space that... <laughs> Sky Oblivion and Skywind are, mm. are going to be coming out eventually. Um, which is it just Sky Marwind and Oblivion modded into Skyrim. Um, Basic. And that just that seems great. That seems I've never played Marwind before. I always Neither have wanted I. to, but it, that seems like a perfect way potentially to to work yeah. your way into that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe that's it. I've always wanted, like I said earlier, I've always wanted to mod Skyrim myself. So maybe mm. he would be trying to mod for Skyrim. That'd be cool. You know, it's your question is something I've been asking myself a lot recently. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's on my brain, but Pokemon would be fun mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. like, that that those games and that series is something that you know is so near and dear to me. But I'm able to look at it with a lens of stuff that I think it could benefit to have, you know, yeah. because it's also a series that, you know, sometimes will take one step forward and two steps back, you know. <laughs> and you know what? I've <laughs> I it's a it's a dark path that I've possibly already started. <laughs> I found out like, you know, I found out kind of how some of these like fan games and whatnot can be made. And basically what you do is like, you know, you would buy um, RPG Maker Mm -hmm. off of the Steam, like off of Steam. And you can install tile sets Mm -hmm. and stuff into it, like from the Pokemon games. Hmm. So using RPG Maker and some of these tile sets, you can actually, you can effectively make your own Pokemon game with like little to no actual like coding experience. As someone who's used RPG Maker a lot, mm-hmm. I can see how that would be. Yeah, I mean the way that battles system is already set up, I can. It just makes perfect sense. Right. So I mean, I've there's a YouTube series that I started watching that you know talks about how to basically make a Pokemon game in mm. RPG Maker, nice. and it just it wasn't 100% was not designed to happen this way but you know at the day of our recording this mm-hmm. today you mean yes the uh <laughs> <laughs> like rpg maker is on sale on the steam workshop oh, for like two dollars no. i just got that email at work today i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding <laughs> me it's meant to be i know i yeah for yeah. real and so like i thought to myself like man is it like 
I mean, I've definitely, I've debated, you know, tinkering with RPG Maker just for the hell of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah, and so now I'm thinking to myself, like, I've got, like, the, the opportunity could be there, and, like, hell, I mean, obviously, I I don't really fancy myself as someone who's going to, you know, make a fully-fledged, you know, Pokemon fan game or mod, but, you know, the idea to, like, mess with this and to help possibly, you know, get an idea of, like, making an RPG or just to at least yeah. fiddle around with the idea is extremely fun, you mm-hmm. know? Certainly. Certainly. What about yourself, Jeff? No answer. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, I I keep you know I keep going back to fighting games. I keep thinking like, what if I, you know, rebalanced an old fighting game or something like that. Mm. And I I remember you had shown me that one like Turtles versus DC or something. Yes. Game. And like that Justice League game from the Super Nintendo is so like janky, but. Like a touch, you know, just a piece of my childhood, you know. Yeah. Same with the Turtles game, a little bit, not yeah. as much, but yeah, uh, like it was sort of a a lost gem that Jason recovered for me in a sense. Exactly. By finding it. I I had forgotten all about that. We still need to download that try and try it. it. Absolutely, I would love that. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. It would be fun to 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 like tinker personally with yeah the balance of games. You right. Know? That's the thing. I don't know. Video games, like you can, more than like most other mediums, like video games offer the opportunity for you to have like a personal connection to what mm-hmm. happened because oh, yeah. you have agency in what is happening in mm-hmm. the game, you know, more so than like pretty much most other mediums. So like they've always kind of had that connection to the player more so than most other things. So like giving people the opportunity to actually like immerse themselves even more into that Mm. i don't know i feel like it's something that you know largely should be more celebrated than it has been in the past that's right i i think there is a passionate mod mentality mod mod with a d mod mentality on like steam and stuff (laughs) like that but yay um you know who we have to thank for all this hmm. fucking mickey mouse yeah, Mickey Mouse is and Disney are the, is the reason we have terrible IP laws that yeah. stop all these characters and situations or whatnot from going into public domain. Mm. That's true. They keep extending it, right? Yep, you, they shouldn't be able but to. As far it sound, I've heard that the ver- the rubber hose version of Mickey is about to go into public domain. Oh like boy, they weren't able to. Hold off long enough. Let me get Steamboat but, uh, Willie yeah. style, um, unofficial yeah, Mickey w- porn now. Instantly, well, <laughs> it's gonna happen instantly. You know, Winnie the Pooh. Like exactly the month Winnie the Pooh became public domain, they made a. a there was already a movie out. I know. <laughs> I I I refuse Horror to watch movie. it. You know, because like so like that is exactly the case. Why? you know, certain things going into public domain don't always click with me personally, you know, because it's like, you know, <sighs> turning like, man, ma- making a horror movie out of Winnie the Pooh mm. is like, mm. just what hits is, me in my childhood. That That's how you move the genre forward. <laughs> <is> you gotta, 
You gotta break a few eggs. Is Superman gonna go into public domain? I mean, he's Maybe. the oldest like active superhero I can think of. DC's right? mm. gonna hold on to that until yeah. the day they fucking can't, die. Like mm. he was like nineteen thirty-five or something. Something like that. When yeah. did Steamboat Willie come out? When was that? Like a uh, twenties. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, anyway, I just think we're going to see Superman porn. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I'm sick of having to pretend it's like Ultraman porn. You know? <laughs> I get it. You know, wink, nudge, you know, blue cape, red suit. Oh, you know. fine, fine. Soon. On my planet, the S stands for sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about as good of an ending point as we're going to find. You're killing me. (laughs) Uh, That's that's incredible. We appreciate y'all listening Mm -hmm. to our discussion of certified game topics. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about what we've been playing. And I think uh, we're going to keep going at it soon Mm -hmm. with more episodes of Super More experimentation. (laughs) More laughs. What room will they record in next? (laughs) (laughs) Later's. <laughs>